and welcome to the Movies Past and Present Podcast. It's June 25th, 2020, and this is episode 49. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Well, given that we're still in the throes of the pandemic with no end in sight, there's not a lot of new movies to, to, to report on. But I do want to share with you an experience that I just had last Friday night. Uh, I did go to a movie theater and lived to tell about it. <laughs> so <laughs> here's, here's my recap of it. Uh, the Megaplex Theaters chain, which is which is which is a local chain here in the state of Utah where I live, they reopened up last week, and uh, they, uh, I think I think every theater in the in their chain reopened. Uh, I know that some other movie theaters are looking to open too. Uh, Cinemark Theaters, I think, believed started opening some of their theaters in. Uh, some different markets in the U.S. The Cinemark theaters here in Salt Lake City are are opening up on July 3rd. So this report is specifically about Megaplex theaters. I've got a link to to Megaplex theaters uh, in the podcast notes on my blog. But I got to tell you, I mean, Megaplex theaters they they're a really nice theater chain. Uh, over time, they've they've been they've been in operation now for I think for 21 years, and again they're they're based out of they're based out of Utah, and uh, they they just do a, typically they just do a great job, great customer service, you know, friendly employees that do a nice job, uh, nice concessions, nice projection, you know. Uh, Good stereos, high quality, just just overall a really high quality experience. So I was happy that Megaplex was reopening. Uh, I ended up going to their their theater that's called the Jordan Commons Theater, which is located in Sandy, Utah, which is a suburb of Salt Lake City. Um, and but it's this is a big this is a big theater. They've got I think twenty screens in there now, and they. Uh, and there's an IMAX theater, uh, you know, within the complex. And uh, I, you know, I've been here hundreds of times. So, so uh, this was really interesting to to go back into the theater again after after it's been closed, you know, due to to the COVID nineteen pandemic, and just to have just to have another experience in this place that I know really well. Uh, but wow, this was this was really this was really different. So. Um, first off, I just want to report about, so we showed up, this was around, this was on a Friday night. This was last Friday night. This was around six, six thirty ish PM I was with a friend and we wanted to go see, um, just, you know, something that was around kind of six thirty seven PM, right? Very standard time, standard start time for movies here in, uh, Salt Lake City. So, uh, we donned our masks and, uh, wore my mask the whole time, just reporting. 
and uh, walked into the theater. Well, first off, the parking, uh, the 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 whole thing really started with getting pulling into the parking lot because usually on a Friday night at this theater, I mean the place is packed. You're parking way in the distance. They've got they've got a parking kind of a parking terrace. But parking way in the back, you know, you've got to, you got to walk a shame to get, to get from your car to the theater. People are typically everywhere. There's lots and lots of activity. So pulled in on this Friday night and the place was practically empty. The, uh, we ended up parking on the, basically the front row and, um, you know, there it goes. So, uh, Put on the face mask and walked in. That walked in the, uh, the the main entrance, and the place was was absolutely empty. I mean, again, we had a hint that that was going to happen, given the 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 emptiness of the parking lot. But uh, I've never walked into that uh, building, and it was just empty and completely quiet. And, and that was actually. Um, Surreal, just truthfully, it was surreal because, again, I've never, I've never known that building not to just be absolutely teeming with people and activity. So, uh, walking down the main entrance hall uh, there towards the box office, and you know, as in, as any movie theater would have, it's lined with the walls are lined with lighted cases with movie posters in them you know advertising upcoming attractions and different things uh and honestly every poster that was in the that was in the cases um had some black tape that was put over the release date since you know every release date has been has been changed and so uh you know it's not like the tape was was covering over objectionable content it was really just covering over covering over uh over these release dates, so it was it was very noticeable, and again, just add, add, added to added to the experience. So uh, they they are touting at Megaplex, which I think other theater chains are doing too, that you can have a touchless experience. So we uh, ended up buying tickets on uh, you know on on a uh, mobile phone, and and uh, so anyway, then. What they ended up, what Megaplex had us do, and maybe just because, given the the, the amount of crowds, the, so there was a person, there was an employee standing in front of the box office with a wearing a mask too and glo- had gloves on, but who 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 uh, signals over to the uh, uh, snack bar, and that's where we actually scanned our ticket. Was there at the snack bar? The snack bar had had a. Uh, you know, I call it a Disneyland queue, but just, you know, one of those queues with all the, with all the stanchions that you just have, like the maze. And, uh, they had, to their credit, they had, uh, stickers every six feet to encourage social distancing, but there was no one in line. So, you know, we just walked right up to the front, uh, and, uh, scanned, scanned the, the, the code on, uh, uh, you know, on the smartphone, and uh, anyway, they let us in. So I didn't buy any refreshments. So I didn't see what was going on. I've heard that uh, they don't get anything like for you 
um, I guess quote unquote fresh. They weren't. They don't like get the popcorn straight from the uh, straight from the corn popper thing. They uh, um, bag it and kind of have it all just just ready. And I guess that makes it quicker and and, and more hygienic too. But again, I uh, I think I was all just kind of in a way just so shocked about the experience that uh, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, really notice what was going on there with the refreshments. Other than again, all all the employees of the theater were were were, were wearing masks and gloves. So uh, also noticed just just throughout walking through this again. This is a very large complex. Uh, but they had uh, Purell, you know, or, or hand sanitizing, uh, hand sanitizer stands located all over the place. I didn't count how many were, were in the lobby, but there were a lot. And also this lobby, I mean, it's large enough. They've, in you know, in the past, they've had uh, just little round tables and that you could fit maybe three or four chairs around. And you could use it as a gathering place while you're just waiting or you know, just kind of get just, you know, for whatever, forever used to eat or whatever. But again, there's only one food place of many food places that are typically open in there. And they were also the place where you, where you'd uh, get your ticket scanned. So, uh, walk down to the specific hall where, where our theater was. And, uh, we ended up seeing, so the, so at the theater, you know, they're showing a lot of, of, uh, I guess what you just could consider classic cinema because, uh, again, not, not a lot of new movies. Most of the movies that were playing, uh, that night were either from, uh, Universal Studios or from Paramount Pictures. So, uh, but they had, uh, Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, the, uh, uh, we ended up seeing, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is I'm a movie that I love. And so I was happy to see that on, on, on the big screen. You know, I had absolutely no qualms uh, about that. But they were also playing Back to the Future and uh, Jaws. So, um, you know, some really cool movies. Uh, but, but also, though, what they're doing is they're not, they're maybe only showing each one of these movies once a day. And so, uh, I think that, you know, one of the strategies is they're really trying to spread out the crowd. So they're not all just showing up at the same time. Uh, so, you know, they, 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 they stagger it. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're going to the theater to, into the, into the actual, you know, auditorium to see Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. And, one of those tables that I was talking about that they had usually just, you know, where you could sit around, they actually had it right by the theater door with uh, a big container of wipes that you could take in if you wanted to, to wipe your seat down. But they did claim that they had wiped all the seats before the theater, before the movie started. And then, or I guess in between screenings and then another giant container of hand sanitizer. So of course I'm using I'm using it every time every time I saw one of those hand sanitizer ones I got it um, I used it uh, so we walked into the auditorium and I, I got to tell you I mean 
And as I mentioned, Megaplex typically runs a nice theater, and they're, uh, you know, they're typically clean as movie theaters go, right? But holy smokes, this theater was truly, it was glistening. It was so clean. The floors were spotless, and clearly it looked like every single seat had been uh, cleaned. Whatever whatever method they were using, if they were spraying it or everybody's wiping down or whatever, but clearly I have never seen I have never seen a cleaner theater uh, in my life. Now this is a pretty big auditorium. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how many seats. I'm guessing maybe 200. Uh, the one nice thing that that Megaplex was doing too. When we bought the seats, because they, you know, they do reserve seating like most theaters do these days, but you, they only had seats available on every other row, uh, and that was just the way on the computer. So the computer, they they've programmed their, their 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 computer, so you're only can picking, you know, you only can pick a seat in every other row, and then uh, we picked our two seats. And then clearly, and they the seats on either side of us got blocked. So, I don't know how many seats got blocked, but uh, but we got into the theater, and really, I think maybe there were a total, by the time the movie started, just a few minutes after we got settled in, uh, maybe 15 total people in the theater. The closest people to me there, on, on the row we were on, which was in the middle of the theater, uh, maybe seven seats away from me. There was there was like a guy and, and and two, probably two of his kids, and then there were some other people in front of uh, where we were sitting, um, you know, on that two rows away because of the row right in front of us and the wells the row right behind us. There were no there were no seats. So um, anyway, I felt very secure really in the theater because there was no one around us my friend sat uh one seat we one seat in between us but um uh yeah so i just had my mask on the whole time as i mentioned because i didn't get any refreshments and didn't hear any coughing or anything but uh i i felt i guess as comfortable as i could under the circumstances and I have to really hand it to Megaplex. I thought that they did a really nice job with the whole experience because uh, what was really kind of scary for me, because I can't say that I was just dying to go do this, but uh, it turned out to be a really, a really good experience and, and that I'm, 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 I'm likely to go again. Now I've heard that Megaplex theaters, which is known, they do a, a $5 Tuesday uh, I hear that five dollar Tuesday is still in place, even you know with these all these different restrictions. So that's an attractive thing, uh, because uh, we paid full price on a Friday, and even so, full price, and also even with you know a quote unquote classic movie, um, they weren't discounting. Now, uh, Cinemark has been advertising that they are going to be 
with these with these classic they're calling i think like a comeback classic is what they're calling these movies like please come back to the movie theater but they're going to be five dollars for regular seats i think every day and then three dollars for seniors and uh, uh you know young children i'm not sure what the ages are on that but that's might be worth worth going for too so anyway then just got back to the car and it was interesting because because uh, going back to the car and, and a few more cars had filled into the parking lot, but not very many. So, so uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with with movie theaters. But again, my kudos to Megaplex Theaters for making that uh, making what really could have been a scary experience, or probably one that I might just have, have walked away from uh, into one that that was that was uh, uh, encouraging and comfortable and hopeful for good days ahead. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have been watching the, uh, all of the James Bond 007 movies. So, uh, James, the, uh, th actually was supposed to, this April, as in like two months ago, uh, there was supposed to be another James Bond film, you know, a brand new film coming to theaters. Uh, the movie's entitled, or titled No Time to Die. Stars Daniel Craig, again, as James Bond. Uh, but because of COVID, the movie got pushed to November. But it got me thinking, wouldn't it be fun? And and also, you know, all this time at home, uh, wouldn't it be fun to watch all of the official James Bond movies? So uh, I have been watching uh, one a week, and I'm right. I'm just right in the middle uh, of, of of this. Uh, as I mentioned, there are, there are 25 official Bond films, and. Uh, a couple unofficial ones, which I'm not, which I'm not watching. I've got details about this on on uh, on my blog, and I'll have links. I've got links to it in the in the podcast notes. But uh, you know, the James Bond films started in in 1962. Uh, the very first one was Doctor No, and uh, you know these are adaptations of a of a book series written by the British author Ian Fleming, and so Ian Fleming sold his movie rights to. Um, this company called Eon Productions, which is run by uh, Albert Broccoli, who goes by the nickname, or who went by the nickname Cubby. <laughs> so Alfred Cubby Broccoli uh, and, and his Eon Productions, um, they are the official, they, they're the ones who, who've got the official license and, and uh, have been the one creating these films since... 1962. So, uh, Dr. No was the first one. John, uh, the film starred Sean Connery as James Bond. And Sean Connery ended up making six James Bond films altogether from between 1962 and 1971. He came back as James Bond in the 80s, uh, but it was not a, an official Broccoli production. So, um, 
there's some copyright things and whatnot that were going on, but that's not one I'm watching. Uh, so for this for this particular project, but uh, so Sean Connery was in, was was in started in six, uh, but what's interesting is after the after the fifth movie, which was You Only Live Twice, that came out in 1967, Sean Connery, did, you know I. Uh, took a break or or maybe it was intentionally he was just going to leave the role altogether um so uh the uh the the sixth bond film called on her majesty's secret service actually starred uh a different bond and it was his his only, one and only time uh is an australian model and actor named george lazenby so I have to say that out of these movies that I've watched so far, that was probably the most unique one. That film starring George Lazenby uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service uh, made in 1969. Uh, it it has a very unique style, and part of that I think is just because uh, here we've got this different, you know, this different Bond in it. But it's also the one film, and spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, where Bond truly falls in love. Uh, he falls in love with a, um, a a woman who's played by the British actor, uh, the British actress Diana Rigg, and um, it it's just I didn't hate it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I think some people rip on Her Majesty's Secret Service and. Say that what a you know that is um, not a really great a great film, but I I uh, I quite I uh, I I quite enjoyed it overall. Um, but uh, yeah, he falls in love with this woman named Tracy, who's the daughter of a mob boss who's Bond who Bond is working with, um, and uh, as you can imagine, as many of these Bond women do tracy meets a an untimely demise and it's really actually quite quite tragic um but so that's probably been the most unique the most unique one i thought i'd want i'd tell you about the two worst films i've watched so far and then the two best and i was actually quite surprised by these again and i've seen most of these films but it's been a while and it's also just interesting to to see the progression you know of these films since i'm watching them also uh in 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 uh, order so i think that the, the the two worst films first off is from 1965 is the film thunderball and uh it stars sean connery again as as james bond and on the surface you think that thunderball is just gonna be like one of the coolest movies ever right um it has uh this this major underwater theme uh the you know the 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 bad people from specter which you know is one of the, is uh, a group of, of villains that james bond fights over time uh they get their hands on some atomic bombs which they then hide in this big fancy underwater you know lair and uh there are so many underwater scenes filmed in this that go on 
for hours. They feel it feels that way. You know, there's one battle sequence underwater, which I think supposedly was incredibly expensive and really difficult to film. And again, you think it would be really, really cool, but frankly, it was just an absolute bore. <laughs> so, um, and this is an interesting side note, uh, that one movie that I was talking about how Sean Connery came back as James Bond in the eighties. Um, it's called never say never again. And it's actually a remake of Thunderball. So, uh, yeah, strike one, two, and three. <laughs> so, for me, Thunderball was one of the worst. And then, I gotta say, the next worst, two worst, are a tie, and they're starring Roger Moore. Now, I, I can't say that I'm a Roger Moore hater, but I just don't really... I think Sean Connery was just the best James Bond. And so, Roger Moore is very debonair, and and uh, he's got a real presence, and and he delivers those 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 great Bond one-liners uh, with a plum. But but he, uh, I don't know, it's just like a real action guy. I just I, I can't say that I, I'm, I'm buying it. His his first uh, film, his first Bond film was. Uh, Live and Let Die, and that came out in 1973. And uh, I gotta tell you, I just thought that Live and Let Die was was not that great. <laughs> um, it had it had some some you know exciting action and whatnot. It also stars the the the, the Bond babe, and it is is Jane Seymour, and it's one of her. I think it's her first movie first movie role she plays um a tarot card reader uh, named solitaire um but there is this really creepy um voodoo uh, element to, to the film uh because it's set in it's set in this caribbean island that's where that's where this you know the the, the bad dude um Mr. Big, I believe, is the name of the villain. <laughs> Very creative, right? Has his has his evil lair, but um, between but between the voodoo and just a, a, a lot of dumb stuff, um, Live and Let Die was a real disappointment. Um, I'm throwing this in there because I just watched it, and I think it almost ties with Live and Let Die. So sorry, I'm picking three worst films, um, but it's the movie Moonraker from 1979 uh i can't remember if this was the very first james bond movie i saw uh or not. it might have been it might have been um but i hope it wasn't because uh i thought that that moonraker was pretty was 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 pretty dumb it you know it's james bond in space it was made in 1979 and uh the uh uh the original plan with with uh, Eon Productions and with with uh, Cubby Broccoli was to make for your eyes only. In fact, at the end of the Spy Who Loved Me, how you know it says James Bond will return, it's saying James Bond will return in uh, for your eyes only. So they ended up changing that to Moonraker. And what I read is mostly because of the success of of uh, the original Star Wars film in 1977. So. This one 
uh, has the plot of uh, of the of the Moonraker film is is a uh, there is a evil villain, um, shocking. <laughs> uh, his um uh his name is Drax, and his he uh, Hugo Drax, I guess to be precise. He uh, is creating. He wants to create this master race out in out in outer space, and then destroy the Earth. So, I mean, it's pretty elaborate. It's, it's pretty elaborate um, plot. So, uh, James Bond and and then uh, his cohort, uh, who's played by uh, Lois Childs, they uh, they have to go into outer space to try to take out take out Drax. So there's all these all these battles and and you know in outer space. There's one thing that actually, frankly, reminded me of Thunderball, where there is just dudes in spacesuits floating outside the space station shooting each other. So there's just all these little laser beams, you know, pew 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 pew, going all over the place. It probably was like five minutes long, and it seemed about thirty minutes. So anyway, Moonraker, and then also. It's so cheesy. Um, it just I just didn't feel like it had had, had a really good balance. So so the, so the worst ones for me were Thunderball Live and Let Die with the tie of Moonraker. But let's get to the good stuff now. So the two best James Bond movies that I've watched so far. Uh, first up is Goldfinger from 1964. So this uh, you know Goldfinger was the third James Bond film. And uh, I think they just finally hit their stride. Um, just everybody, you know, the the uh, the production crew. Um, I mean, Sean Connery's always been good, but just just but everything about just everything about this film, f- for my tastes, just really um, really worked well. The premise of this film is is great. The villain is a notorious gold thief, and he wants to he wants to take all the gold out of Fort Knox. And uh, I mean, it's so, so great. So, um, but really, everything from the uh, opening song, you know, the title song sung sung by Shirley Bassey, uh, all the, all the Bond women, all of the globe trotting, all of the cars, all of the gadgets, all of the action, everything I just thought came together in a really really good way so so um really with this with this viewing my favorite sean connery bond film is goldfinger so the second favorite film that i uh, that i've watched so far of this of the series is starring roger moore believe it or not which (laughs) frankly kind of surprised me i just wasn't sure how much i was gonna like these roger moore movies again um watching the you know watching them but um the film is the spy who loved me which uh, came out in 1977 and uh this one is uh bond joins up with a with a russian spy who's played by barbara bach and they're taking down the villain who uh, of course has stolen some more nuclear weapons and is, is threat is using them as as ransom he's trying trying to blow up New York City. So, but uh, this film again, uh, which I thought was interesting, in that it's 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 the third, it's the third Roger Moore James Bond. So again, 
maybe this is just a good lesson to us just to know that you know maybe you're going to do well on the first round but it might take a couple movies under your belt before you really hit your stride so uh but but uh again the same stuff this has got one of the greatest uh bond songs in this opening credits the spy who loved me uh sung by carly simon uh incredible globe trotting there's some stuff that they filmed in egypt in this film that's just knocked my socks off i really really enjoyed re-watching that um again that was that was just just so much fun and uh jaws the villain jaws is is you know that seven foot tall dude um he's played by richard kyle but he's got you know those steel teeth um he he makes his debut in this one. He also shows up again in Moonraker, and frankly, it was really stupid in Moonraker. But I loved, I just loved his uh, his performance as well as just how scary he is in uh, in the Spy Who Loved Me. And uh, again, just like the perfect mix of globetrotting, espionage, action thrills, and um, camp. You know, there's Roger Moore just kind of dryly gives all those all those crazy one liners. And they just were. Everything worked. I thought the script was really solid. Um, outstanding direction and and really, really a good film. So if you're uh, if you're interested in, in maybe watching an abbreviated list of some of these James Bond films, so far I would recommend Goldfinger and The Spy Who Love Me. Uh, just coming up, I'll be watching a few more roger moore films and then uh we'll just see see how it works you know roger moore played james bond for um up until 1985 and then in 1987 timothy dalton took over the the reins and he made two films the living daylights and license to kill and then pierce brosnan joined as james bond in 1995 as goldeneye so anyway, I'm excited to, to watch some of those, and I will, I will report uh, on how I'm doing at a future podcast. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and links are also on the blog. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Until next time, thanks for listening and be safe out there.